الحمد لله وكفى بسلاما على عباده الذين استفاما بعد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وذكر فان الذكرى تنفع المؤمنين سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلاما على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم so the two basic things were number one niya and number two dhikr feeling of niya and feelings of dhikr and then number three we talked about maintaining and remaining in wudu at all times number four was remembering and feeling the masnoon duas at all time number five was to lovingly follow each and every sunnah of sayyidina rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam number 6 was to do shukr number 7 was to do sabr number 8 was to sleep early at night to avoid the sins of night and to rise early for tahajjud salah these were the first eight things number 9 number 9 has to do with fixing our salah and that has to do with both quality and quantity of salah so first we will talk a bit about quantity and then we will move to quality So there are a few prayers there are five prayers that we have to do every day that is fajr zuhur asr maghrib isha witr right so everybody has to pray those prayers nobody can miss those prayers if we miss those prayers we will be punished on the day of judgment and akhirah by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we will also be punished in this world by losing the barakat that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put in the time of prayer You see every day is made up of 24 hours. Every 24 hours is divided into prayer times. So from Dhuhr to Asr is a time. If a person prays the salah of that time, they get the barakah of that time. And if a person doesn't pray the salah of that time, they don't get the barakah of that time. So when we miss Dhuhr salah, if a person misses Dhuhr salah, they didn't just miss the salah. the entire barakah that Allah Taala had placed for them from let's say 1 pm to 4:30 pm by missing their zuhur salah they missed all of the barakah that would have been in that time that's why it's extremely foolish that if somebody is busy doing something and they say it's so important and then they miss their salah well they by missing their salah removed the barakah from that act and activity so what's the point of doing that activity when you missed out on the barakah that Allah Taala put in that time But in addition to these mandatory prayers there are some other prayers which are the sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and our mashayikh say that these prayers are so important for the salikin salikin is plural of salik salik in arabic means the person who is traveling the path of suluk suluk means the person who is traveling on the path seeking the pleasure of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala these are technically nawafil extra prayers voluntary prayers but optional prayers but for the person who is on the path of love if they want to show their love for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they should opt to express their love they should opt for these optional prayers So there are many such prayers like that. The first one is called Salatul Ishraq. So Ishraq means when the sun rises, when the sun first pops the horizon, then you can no longer pray Fajr. Fajr ends when the slightest sliver of the sun appears on the horizon. 
Then the sun keeps rising, rising, rising until you can see the whole sun. Then the sun gets separated from the horizon by one sliver. That process takes about 15 to 20 minutes, depending on your latitude, longitude, altitude. It depends most on the altitude. And then, once the sun is separated from the horizon, then you can pray this prayer, which is known as Salatul Ishraq. So there are different hadith about the rewards of Salatul Ishraq. The first is mentioned in the Sunan of Tirmidhi. Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik says, Sayyidina Rasulullah said that that person who offers Fajr Salah, and for men it is that person who offers Fajr Salah in Jama'ah, and then remains seated in the place where they prayed their Fajr Salah, making the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thumma qa'ala yadkurullaha hatta tatla'u shams That they remain seated making the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until the sun rises. Thumma salla rak'atayn And then they pray two rak'ah salah Kanat lahu ka'ajri hajj Hajj wa Umrah That they get the reward of Hajj and Umrah Two rakats they will pray And they will get the reward of performing Hajj and Umrah Allah Akbar Kabira So lovers of Allah SWT This is what they want Lovers of Allah SWT Their heart desire was I wish I could make Hajj every day I wish I could be in Kaaba every day I wish I could make tawaf every day. I wish I could get the Arafah, Yom al-Arafah type mercy every day. And that's what the lovers of Allah SWT want. That's their love. So Sayyidina Rasulullah SAW said that okay, because you have such a deep desire. So you just stay where you are seated. This part will be explained later, that why you have to remain sitting where you are seated. For the women who pray at home, then when you pray Fajr Salah at home, you should remain where you are seated. And keep making some dhikr, ibadah, tilawah, du'a, muraqabah, ta'ala, and then when the 15 to 20 minutes after sunrise, you pray to rakah salah, then a person will have the reward of one hajj and one umrah. Another day, Sayyidina Rasulullah said that if you make a few of these two rakats in the beginning of the day, then throughout the day Allah Ta'ala will give barakah in your work. Barakah means greater success to what everybody wants, more successful in your education, more successful in your job, more successful throughout the day because we get the barakah of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Second, there is a salah which is known as Salatul Duha. Salatul Duha. <coughs> this has also been mentioned in the hadith This is in Sahih Muslim In several different narrations in Sahih Muslim What is this time of Salatul Duha? Imam Muslim Rata has a chapter from Babi Istibabi Salatul Duha Salatul Duha is Duha means that that time when the sun has risen sufficiently enough That in the summer the sand gets so hot that when you walk on that sand, the soles of your feet become hot. So hot that you cannot walk barefoot. It's difficult. feels hot to walk barefoot on tile or ceramic or the sand. So that is around 9, 10, 11 o'clock. Right? Anywhere from starts at 9 and goes up till 
khair, some ulama say it, you should pray it at that time, some will let you pray it all the way up to the time of zawal, which means it can go all the way, these days maybe up to 12, 12, 15, 12, 20. This is no salat Again, this is to recall from Sayyidina Rasulullah, he said that anybody who makes this nafil salah called salat duha Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put barakah in their risk. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put barakah in their risk. And the words that the Sahaba narrate about this. Umm Mu'mineen Sayyidah Dina Aisha Vidyatana narrates about Sayyidina Rasulullah He saw some ma'amul of Salat al-Dawa Wahuwa yuhibbu Wahuwa yuhibbu an ya'mala bihi That Sayyidina Rasulullah loved to pray Salat al-Dawa He loved to do this action of Praying Salat al-Duha. So when Sayyidina Rasulullah that's where this word Mustahab comes from. Mustahab istihbab means from Muhabba, from Hababa, means that it was beloved to Sayyidina Rasulullah. Prayer that was beloved to Sayyidina Rasulullah. And it comes in a date that when a person prays this, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts barakah in their risk. Puts barakah in their risk. About seven hadith in Sahih Muslim, six or seven hadith in Sahih Muslim, two in Sahih Bukhari, few more <laughs> in Sunan Abu Dawud. Many a hadith on this fadila of Salatul Duha. Now, what happens is that for me, this barakah and risk is something that everybody needs, no matter how wealthy a person is. Everybody needs barakah in risk. And it's not necessary that the risk earner make this. The women of the house can make this salah and make dua. The children of the house can make this salah and make dua. It may be possible that the husband is out there working and the wife is making salah to dua. It can be a partnership. And if a person is not able to make salah to dua because that's the nature of their job and the office and the factory, they're driving, they're not free at that time. So our ulama and mashayikh have said that, okay, then they can combine these two prayers. It's the one combining the prayers we accept. Ek jama bena salatain kem kaila muftiya samasa. jama karna So you can pray salat al-ishraq and salat al-duha at the same time. Means after you pray your two nafil for Salat al Ishraq, then you can pray two nafil for Salat al Duha because you may not be able to pray at that time, 9 to 11, maybe too busy at work, you won't have the chance to pray. So if you make niyyah of Salat al Duha at the time of Salat al Ishraq, then inshallah you will get barakah. Then there's another prayer which is after Maghrib, which is known as Salat al Awabin. That is six rakats. That's also mentioned in the hadith of Sayyidina Rasulullah And the Prophet means to pray this in three sets of two. So the six here means two plus two plus two. Two plus two plus two. And this is also mentioned in the Sahih of Muslim. That Sayyidina Rasulullah said that the Salatul Awwabeen and awwabin means those who turn in penitence to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over and over and over again. They're awwab. They keep turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Keep turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
So in the, in, the, in the hadith in Tirmidhi Shahar, Sayyidina Rasulullah said that that person who performs these six rakats, Salah Ba'd al-Maghribi, Sitta Rakat, that person who prays six extra rakats in addition to the Fard and Sunnah after Maghrib, then what will happen? That person will get 12 years of ibadah. The reward of 12 years of ibadah. They will get the reward of 12 years of ibadah. And any other narrations also mentioning the same thing. Allahu Akbar. So six rakats for 12 years of worship. So Sayyidina Rasulullah used to make the salah. Salat al Tahajjad has already been mentioned. Then there's two more salah known as Salat Tahiyatul Wudu and Tahiyatul Masjid. Many hadith also on these two. Tahiyatul wudu means that with sunnah, that whenever you renew your wudu, to pray two rakats, literally tahiyah means to greet, as thanks that you're able to make wudu. Means like, the first thing you should feel like doing when you make wudu is pray. That's what it means. It's about feelings. It's the expression of that feeling. Like some people, the very first thing they do when they come to office is order their cup of coffee, right? They have a first thing they want to do. So tahiyat al-wudu is the expression of that heartfelt feeling that now that I have this wudu, I want to first and foremost make ibadah to Allah subhanahu with this wudu. This is called tahiyat al-wudu. Then there's another called tahiyat al-masjid. That means that when you enter the masjid, the very first thing you do when you enter the masjid, you pray to rakasnaf salah Why? Because I feel that when I enter the house of ibadah, the place of ibadah, the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the very first thing I feel like doing is worshipping. So before I do anything else, before I even sit, it's a feeling. It's a feeling. So that is called Tahiyatul Masjid. So Sayyidina Rasulullah used to love making these salah also. Yes, he didn't make them every single one all the time, but he made them many of the times and he used to love making them. So on the one hand, there are five salah, Fajr, Zohar, Asr, Maghrib, Isha, Slash, Switter. On the other hand, there are five more now. <laughs> Isha, Duha, Awabin, Tahajjud and the two Tahiyat, Tahiyatul Wudu and Tahiyatul Masjid. Now the question is that why should we try to do these Salah? Barakah number one. In addition to the individual virtues and merits and words mentioned. Number one Barakah is that we never know which Sajda will be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the more and more Salah we make, the more chances we have that some Sajda will be loved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And like I mentioned to you earlier today, when you, or last night, maybe it was, I don't remember, when you make nafil, the one is the prayer of obligation, that's called fard. That's discharging your obligation, fulfilling your duty. But nafil prayer is the prayer of love. So you want to show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I don't just worship you because I have to. I also worship you because I want to. That's what nafil is for. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I don't just worship you because I have to, that's fard. I also sometimes worship you because I want to, that's nafil. So the barakah of this is you're doing izhar and muhabba. Again, this is the path of love. So that love has to be expressed. To show our love to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we have to show Him that it's not just that we must worship you, we want to worship you. Showing that want, that's done through praying nafil salah. So whenever you get a chance, whenever you're able, and there are many times when we are free. 
There are many times in actually 9 a.m. we're actually awake and Saturday, Sunday we have nothing to do, nowhere to go and we actually woke up and you took a shower so you have wudu. So why can't you pray two rakats salat al duha? You're completely free. Nobody's saying do it when we have a 9 o'clock meeting. But when you have time, you are free, those are the times to show your love for Allah SWT. So it doesn't detract from your studies and your work in any way. But while doing everything else, when you happen to have extra time, then do extra worship. And when you start this, you will be amazed to find out how much extra time you have. <laughs> and you will be amazed at how much extra worship you can do without losing any of the things that you do in the dunya. This is a myth shaitan has put over our head. And oh no, I don't have time, I don't have time, I don't have time. MashaAllah, before you had the cell phone, you never used to call. You must have found some extra time to call all those people on the phone. <laughs> Then you got the smartphone, mashallah, now you extra time to write long messages and emails. Where did you find the time for that? <laughs> Where did you find the time? You ended up finding so much extra time for all these things. So we need to find some extra time for extra worship. Because like many times we say, if you want the extras, that's where you have a choice. If you want the extras of deen, sometimes you have to give up some of the extras of the dunya. Some of that extra surfing you do, give that up, then you can get extra salah and ibadah. Some of that extra hanging out that you do, start giving that up, you will get time for extra of ibadah. You have to give up some of the extras of the dunya to get these extras of deen. When you get these extras of deen, then the core of your deen is preserved. Our Mashaik say that one thing is called the faraid. Sunnah is like a fortress around the faraid. And then the nawafil are like a fortress around the sunnah. So that person who has these two outer walls, they're faraid, they're very firmly protected. And that person who neither has nawafil nor prays sunnah, then their fajr is exposed. And that's what will happen. One day shaitan will take their fajr away, one day he will take their isha away. But that person who mashallah is praying, ishraq and duha and awabin and tahajjud, it's not possible for shaitan to take his fajr and maghrib and isha away. More protected. So that's another barakah of praying these nawafil. First barakah was you never know which sajjah will be accepted. Second barakah is that you will be expressing your love to Allah subhanahu Third barakah is you will be preserving your faraiz and sunnah. Fourth barakah is it will be a very good way to discipline your nafs. Because what's going to happen that when you try, when you get this idea in in your mind or heart that you want to pray awabin, your nafs will say no. Your nafs will say no, I'm tired. I'm busy, I have to go somewhere. You already dragged me to the masjid, you made me pray Maghrib three first salah, on top of that you already made me pray two sunnahs. Thus will say, no, 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 no. That's what will happen. So when you go against your nafs, that prayer when you go against your nafs, that will have barakah in it. Always remember that is called mujahidah. Mujahidah ka matlab ye ke ibadat us waqt karna jab jeene chahta hai. Usko ko to mujahidah kehte hain. Ibadat karna jab jee chahta hai usko kya mujahidah kehte hain? Mujahidah struggle means struggle means to worship Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala when you don't feel like doing it. That's called mujahidah. So you will get a barak of this because initially you if we already felt like doing it we would be doing it. <laughs> We don't feel like doing these things. That's a problem that has to be fixed. That feeling, remember, being on the path of the Siddiqeen and the Sadiqeen is about feelings. Why don't I feel like praying Awabi? Why don't I want to get that Hajj and Umrah every day through Ishraq? Why don't I feel like that? I must do something to myself to get that feeling. 
So we have to pray these salawat, these nawafil to get that feeling. Then the other thing that is related to these nawafil salawat is dua. But we'll keep it on the same point however you want. Dua. Every day there's so many opportunities of kubuliyat in dua. Sayyidina Rasulullah said that every time you pray for salah, your dua is accepted. After all these namafu salah, dua is accepted. After you make tilawat to Quran, make dua, dua is accepted. After you make dhikr, dirut shrif, istighfar, muraqabah, make dua, dua is accepted. So we have so many such opportunities, so many opportunities. So that means that after we pray salah, all of them, any namaz, we should try, especially when we have the time, to make dua at that time. Many people would say, if I was to come and dramatically tell you, should I tell you, if I have to tell you that when the dua is accepted, Sayyidina Sussam has already told you. So many times of kabulit dua. So when you really need something, you want Allah want to listen to you, you made a grave, dastardly sin, remorselessly, you want Allah's special mercy somehow to forgive you, you have to make dua at these times. If mashallah, we're already praying, we're panchmuk namazi, praying five times a day, means you are already presenting yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at a time of kabooliyat dua five times a day, and then you still don't make dua. It's like going all the way to the river and not taking a sip. Person will be strange. A person is dying of thirst, goes all the way to the freshwater stream, source of Evian water, and goes there five times a day, but is not able to take a single sip. You say, what's the matter with this person? Does it make sense? So these are the moments and times of kubulit and dua. Should we make dua at these occasions? Then we should learn from the books of our ulama, the other places, other times. For example, after Adam, dua is accepted. Even when ikama is started, dua is accepted. When it starts raining, when it begins to rain, dua is accepted. So many times they're like that in our deen, so we should learn to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, dua is accepted. Our shaykh gives the example from the Pakistanis. That when you know the officer is in a good mood, you give your application quickly. So now that you are giving everything to them, that you know that he is granting all the applications, so you file your application at that moment. But Allah SWT has told us that these are the times when he likes to accept your application for dua. At these times. So we should make dua. So again, these things may not seem that they are mandatory strictly for the ordinary moment. For that person who wants to travel the path of love for Allah SWT and to make themselves better and better and best and truer and truer and truest mu'min, then they have to do more ibadah. Then our shaykh explains this in a beautiful way. Why? Because when you love someone, you want to tell them that you love them over and over and over again. When you love someone, you're not happy just telling them once in a lifetime that I love you or once in a daytime that I love you. Or once in a night time that I love you. And that's why he says that even if you look at the people in this world who love one another and the worldly love, they're always saying, I love you, I miss you. Hmm? Every message has to have, I love you, I miss you in it. Hmm? Yes, that's the way love is. <laughs> Allah Akbar. 
So what does that mean that these awliyaullah, these siddiqeen, sadiqeen, every type of time they always wanted to send their love to Allah SWT. Or Shaykh gave an example of gift that if there's an ordinary person you may give them a gift once in their life. Maybe special person you give them a gift once in a year. Every now and then, once every blue moon. But if they're your beloved, then you want to give them a gift all the time. Every day, all the time, many times. And so when we make this ibadah to Allah SWT, we want to make that ascending of our love to Allah SWT. Yes, Allah SWT doesn't need it, but the person feeling in their heart is that Allah SWT praying ishaq and duha and awabin and tahajjud because I love you. Because I was missing you so much after Isha Salah, I couldn't wait for Fajr. Because I was missing you so much after Fajr Salah, I couldn't wait for Zohar. So I started praying Ishaq and Duh. Allahu Akbar. Imagine feelings. These are feelings. Nobody prays these nawafil out of duty. You can only pray these things out of love. So if we can get the true feelings of the true mu'mineen in our heart, then we will become more closer, more loving, more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The next part then is the quality of salah. And this was about increasing our quantity. Also helps increasing the quality. Next part is about the quality of salah. So when we want to improve the quality of salah, the first thing that we have to do is before praying, we should try to make wudu with complete niyyah and dhikr, with complete consciousness and awareness and remembrance and concentration, with all of the adab and with all of the duas. We should feel that when we wipe the water, we're wiping the sins away from our limbs. When we wash our face, we're washing the sins away from our eyes. When we rinse our mouth, we're washing the sins away from our tongue. When we do masa, we're washing the sinful thoughts away from our mind. Hmm? We should make wudu with complete concentration, complete adab. And then when we pray salah, the first thing is that we should want to remove all of the worldly thoughts in our salah. That our salah should be entirely without any thoughts of ghairullah and only have thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After salah we should try to make long dua, long, as much time as we have, however much time we have. We should sit and make dua, make dhikr, make tasbihat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should try to go before the time, we should stay after the time, we should be waiting for salah because the salah should be an act of love. So now we will explain all of these things in detail. Number one, wait for the time of salah. That is also an expression of love. So our shaykh mentioned this way that if somebody asks you to come meet them at 7 o'clock, if it's an ordinary person you show up at 7, 7.15. If it's somebody you love you show up at 6.30. Yes, if it's somebody you love, you show up at 6.30 because you want to get there early. You're in anticipation of the meeting. You want to get there early, you don't want to miss out on anything. So you will show up early. So just like that, if a person wants to make salah, they should try to go a bit early. However much early you can. This was a sunnah of the sahaba, it's called intidhar salah They used to wait for their salah. So one meaning means to go a bit early for salah. Second meaning can also be to be in hopeful expectation and anticipation for salah. What does it mean? That right after a person prays their fajr, they're just waiting for the Right after the they're waiting for asr. 
Right after Asr, they're waiting for Maghrib. Right after Maghrib, they're waiting for Isha. Right after Isha, they're waiting for Fajr. And when will I next get the chance to meet my beloved Allah SWT? That's how the lover views Salah. This was my conversation with Allah SWT. This was my dialogue with Allah SWT. This was my meeting with Allah SWT. And again, our Shaykh gave example SMS. So you see the lovers in this world, the second they send the SMS, they're waiting for the next one. They're waiting in anticipation. Then again they send the SMS, then again they're waiting for the next one. Or if they love someone, they meet them. The second they part, they can't wait to meet them again. Then again they part, then again they wait to meet them again. Every meeting and then every parting leads to again waiting for the next meeting. So that is how the lovers of Allah SWT are with their salah. They're sad when the salah finishes. They can't wait that when can I get that chance to go back. When will the Muazzin call me and drag me out of my worldly affairs and bring me back to that salah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Don't you see the lovers of today, they're waiting for the telephone call of their beloved. The mother's waiting for the children to call them. Right? The husband and wife are waiting for one another to call them. So love requires this waiting and anticipation. So if we love our beloved Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we should also have this waiting and anticipation for salah. Second thing is that when we go for salah, well, whenever a person goes to meet their beloved friend, they get ready. They take a bath, they get dressed, they put powder, perfume, they make themselves in the best appearance that they can because they're going to meet their worldly beloved. So if that is the case, and when a person wants to meet their true beloved, the lover and beloved of their heart, Allah SWT, the owner of our hearts, when Allah SWT is going to look at us inside salah, so we should take zina. Allah SWT said in Quran that ittakhulu, you should take zina. You should adorn yourself with beauty when you go to the masajid. So we should view that I'm going to be presenting myself in front of Allah SWT. I should make myself presentable. Again, it's about the feelings. You see, when the lover is going to meet their beloved, it's not just the actions. Ek hal on prachar gaya. Ke mein apne mahabub ke paas ja raha hoon. Ta kabhi isko seedha karein, kabhi isko seedha karein, kabhi idhar dekh raha hai, kabhi idhar soch raha hai. They're in a state. So a person has to feel that same feeling for Allah SWT. During the prayer, what does it mean that a person should not have thoughts? We said no worldly thoughts, no business thoughts, no nafsani, shahwani, shaitani thoughts. No thoughts other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Sayyidina Rasulullah, he explained this in the hadith when he talked about ihsan. So Angel Jabril asked the Prophet what is ihsan? Sayyidina Rasulullah said, Anta'udullaha ka anna ka That when you worship, you should worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in such a way as if you were looking at Him. That's how we're supposed that's what we're supposed to be thinking in Salah. This is what we're supposed to be imagining that we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if we are looking at Him. Then that if you're not able to look at Him, then at least you should imagine and know and feel that He is looking at me. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking at you. So what's the difference? What's the difference between these two levels of Islam? So first level of Islam is that when you're beloved, when you feel that you are looking at your beloved, right? Then you have a different way of expressing your love because you're gazing at your beloved, looking at your beloved. So you have a much more deep expression of love because you're looking at the face of your beloved and you can see the way they react to your love. 
you can see their feelings, their happiness, you can see their attention towards you. So this is what in the world they call face-to-face communication. This is why Sheikh says that people today, they like to Skype. They say it's not enough to talk, we also want to see. Allah Akbar. It's not enough to talk, we also want to see. So this is what Sayyidina Rasulullah said about Salah. أَن تَعْمُدُ اللَّهَ كَأَنَّكَ It's not enough to talk to Allah SWT, you should also want to see. You should also want to be looking at Allah SWT. And Allah SWT looks back. So there's a long hadith where Sayyidina Rasulullah said in Surah Al-Fatiha, every sentence we say, Allah SWT responds. So we say, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Allah SWT says, Hamidani Abdi. That my servant slave, he praised me. Oh, Fatah is like a conversation like that. Allah Akbar. So, this is the way we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should try to imagine that we're looking at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we can't have that, then we should be imagining in prayer that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking at me. That also is a feeling. When you know your beloved is watching you, then you like to show them your love. You like to be in long sajda. You like to express that love. Then, in terms of meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so there are three stages in which we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is put here inside ibadah. That's the first level of liqa, first level of meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala lets us stand in front of him. Hadith that when you were praying, you were standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You were addressing khitab, talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Ihsan, you're supposed to imagine that you're looking at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the first stage. That person who prays their salah, trying to get this Ihsan, spends their whole life in ibadah all the time, imagining, imagining, imagining that I'm looking at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or at least that my beloved Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking at me. So this imagining throughout one's life, this is the first stage. Second stage will come on the Day of Judgment. Second stage, because in that stage, you will in a more dramatic sense be standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In a more actual, physical, experiential sense, be standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, what happens at this moment? So this is something that our Shaykh explained once here and once earlier also, using the teachings of Shaykh Ashraf Ali Ta'ala. So there's an ayah in the Qur'an where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions what's going to happen on that day. يَوْمَ يُكْشَفُ أَنْسَاقٍ This will be the day when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will unveil and show His shin. What does that mean? What does it mean shin? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't have a body and have a leg and have a shin. So what it means is on the day of judgment, the mu'mineen, mu'mineen, we're not even talking let alone the disbelievers, the mu'mineen will also be in so much awe of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they will feel so much heba and jalal of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even though they know that they can see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they will be looking down out of the heba and jalal of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So because they're looking down when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said But it means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send one tajalli of his jamal down to their eye level So when you're looking down, if there was a human beloved When you're looking down in front of them, what can you see? You can see their shin, you can see their lower leg because you're looking down So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send one tajalli So this word comes in Qur'an When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent tajalli When Sayyidina Musa asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I want to see you 
And Allah Ta'ala sent one tajalli and everything was incinerated. Allahu Akbar. Hmm? So here Allah Subhanahu will send one tajalli at the eye level, but the person is looking down, so that eye level is called saqt. At the shin level of vision that the person is looking down at. And then what will happen that those who are true mu'mineen, they will be taken to the second stage. But how would that happen when they, and the complete story is that when Allah SWT sends that tajalli, they will fall into sajda. Because they will be so attracted to that tajalli, they will fall into sajda. When they fall into sajda, so this will be those, those people who did sajda in this world. Those people who were sajideen in this world will be able to make that sajda. When they fall into the sajda because of that tajalli, then they will have fulfilled and expressed through their sajda the feeling of the azmat and jalal and habit of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then in that sajda they will have a longing to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because they fell into jalla at the sight of that jamal. So then it's from sajda they will raise up and raise their eyes and gaze at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the gaze at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala won't just be from standing. They will be looking down. Allah ta'ala will send tajalli at their current eye level, which is like a shin level. And then they will fall into sajda out of love and awe of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But in that sajda, they will want more because they were the people of maqam-i asam. The people who their whole life they used to inside salah. Imagine they were looking at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now when they saw that tajalli and they did that sajda, then they will rise from that sajda and then they will look upward. This will be the second stage. Second stage. The second was based on the first, and then they will move to the third stage, and the third stage is based on the second. Second was based on the first. What does it mean that the people who didn't make mashak, who didn't practice this asan and their salah in this world, they will not get this yoma yukshafu ansaq. They will not be able to perceive that tajalli. They will not be able to perceive that tajalli. Third stage is based on the second. So what does that mean? So our shaykh gave an example of this. Third stage is when they are gazing at Allah subhanahu in the akhirah in jannah. First stage was Salah in this world, second stage was Day of Judgment, third stage will be inside Jannah and the Akhirah forever. What will be the kafiyah? what will be the state of their vision of Allah subhanahu wa That will be based on their second stage. However many worldly thoughts they had in their Salah, they will have that many veils between them and Allah subhanahu wa In another way you can imagine that however blurry their Salah was, However, out of focus their salah was as blurry and out of focus they will get a vision of Allah subhanahu wa So our shaykh gives example of a rose that if there's a beautiful rose in front of someone and if someone's eyesight isn't very good they may not even be able to see the rose at all. If their eyesight is a bit better they will be able to make out there's a rose. If their eyesight is even better, they'll be able to make out the size of the rose. If their eyesight is even better, they'll be able to see the size and the color of the rose. And if they have perfect vision, perfect vision, then they will be able to see every physical dimension of the rose, every single hue and color of the rose. 
And in addition to that perfect vision, basara, they have basira because of their haya and taqwa in this world, then not only would they be able to perfectly see the rose, they will also be able to perceive the beauty of the rose. So those people who had maqam-e-ihsan in their salah, they will be able to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with less worldly thoughts, it will be less blurry, even less worldly thoughts, more clear, less worldly thoughts, even more clear, zero worldly thoughts, perfectly clear, and zero worldly thoughts, plus haya and taqwa, then they will be able to perceive the shuyunat, shane jame, the beauty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, subhanallah. Allah Akbar Kabira. Inna Allah Jameelun wa Yuhimbul Jamal. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is beautiful and He loves that which is beautiful. So it means that Salah is a very big thing. It wasn't just for this world, it's a preparation and training ground for the next two meetings with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This ihsan in Salah, imagining that we're looking at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wasn't just for this Salah, it's a preparation training ground for future lookings at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we must work very hard in our Salah. So again, number one is to make wudu ahead of time, wait before time, wait in the masjid, come early for salah. Second is that during salah to keep concentrating on this imagination that I'm looking at Allah Ta'ala, imagining Allah Ta'ala is looking at me. And third stage was that after salah to make some dua, to make some tasbih, why? Because we shouldn't run away right after salah. Because that doesn't look like the act of a lover. Does the lover run away from the meeting of the beloved? No, the lover likes to stay back. We already explained that the lover likes to linger. <laughs> the lover enjoys the taste of the love, so he wants the aftertaste. He wants to linger and revel and bask in that love. So the lover of Allah SWT does not go away straight after salah. They remain seated there, they're making dua, making tasbihat, making tilawat quran making muraqaba, making istighfar, durood sharif. They like to stay. Allahu Akbar. And yes, sometimes we may not have time. Sometimes we may have to go back. But there are so many times when we do have the time. We are just shameless. Actually, we are just shameless. Otherwise, there's so many times when we do have the time, we could linger a little, we could savor a little, we could enjoy a little. That's how the lover prays to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They want to stay back, they want to show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not only did I pray this prayer, but I also enjoyed this prayer. Don't when you have a good meal, huh? And it's a really good meal, what do you do after you eat? You just like to sit there. Hmm? You like to sit in the same place and just sit there for a bit and just enjoy. <laughs> so for these Siddiqeen, Salah is their jaza. So when they get their jaza, they like to just sit there and enjoy. Just enjoy. Taste, aftertaste, long-lasting aftertaste. Subhanallah. They enjoy their Salah. Then they make dua to Allah SWT out of love. When they make this dua to Allah SWT out of love, then Allah Ta'ala accepts their salah. Why they keep sitting? This Imam Rabbani Majadda Al-Fisani Shaykh Ahmed Sir Hindi Allah Ta'ala explained his maktubat. A little bit advanced concept. Some salakin can understand that when a person prays namaz, salah, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends this tajalliyati zatiya on that person. This is the special method of zikr of Rasulullah, where other mashayikh they teach you to make zikr of the asma al husna, those are sifati names. So you get the tajalliyat of the sifat. In our so we make zikr of ismi azam Allah. So we get the tajalliyat of the zat, those are the same tajalliyat Allah ta'ala sends on a person. What does this mean? I'm explaining to you in simple terms. What is this word? It is Quranic Arabic, tajalli. It means what? The simplest way you can understand English. I'll explain to you a bit in Arabic so you can understand in Urdu, and then I'll explain to you in English. Tajalliyat means the waridat, waridat, fuyuzat, alwarat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In English, tajalliyat means what Allah subhanahu wa sends down on your cup. There's ascending that takes place. That's why it's called waridat. For example, it also says in Quran, "May yu'min billahi yahdi qalbu." That that person who has iman, Allah Taala sends hidayah on their qalb. When Allah Taala sends His rahmah as al-rahim, it comes on our qalb. When Allah Taala sends His fadl and karam as zu fadlin adim and as al-kareem, it comes on our qalb. So these sendings that Allah Taala sends on our qalb, these are called tajalliyat. So one is to receive on your qalb the mercy of Allah Taala. That's the tajalli of His being al-rahim or the tajalli of His being al-kareem. And one is to get the shani jame, the composite aggregate tajalliyat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That comes from his dhat because his dhat has all the sifat. So Allah is Allah. So when he sends his tajalli on our heart, not just from his aspect of rahmah or his aspect of karam or his aspect of fadl azim, but when he sends his tajalliyat zatiya means his entire tajalli on our kalam. That is called tajalliyat zatiya. And that's what Allah subhanahu wa sends on a person when they do salah. Means he sends his greatest, most concentrated lure on their heart. So our mashaykh, especially because they make muraqaba in this niyyah, so they would feel a lot in their salah. They would feel a lot in their salah. And the muhaddithin wrote, now going back to Salatul Ishraq, that when Sayyidina said that they must pray Fajr Salah for the men in Jama'ah, because the word is Jama'ah actually in Hadith. I'm adding for the women, that for the women at home. The Hadith says that the men have to pray Fajr in Jama'ah. And then they remain seated there. Why? Because Imam Rabbanta said that when a person prays Salah and Allah Ta'ala sends it to Jaliyati Zatiya on his heart, when the person says Salam, Allah Ta'ala doesn't stop. Allah Ta'ala keeps sending because that is his karam. It's only when the person does I'raz, means when the person gets up and turns away, that Allah Ta'ala stops. So what does that mean? That when we go into Salah, we are entering the spotlight of the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And even after we say salam in that same place, we are still in the spotlight. So that is why the lovers, they used to stay in that spotlight as long as they could. They would stay as they would painfully extricate themselves from that salah. Maybe you've seen sometimes if you go to Haram Sharif, some true ashik, sadiq, sadha person who comes once in their life to Kaaba. And that time has come when they're leaving Kaaba. And if you see the way they leave Kaaba, Allah Akbar. It's like they have their flight, and they know they have to go, and they have their bus, and they know they have to catch their bus. But they have to painfully extract themselves, then they start walking backward, and then again they stop and they look at the Kaaba. Then again they take a few steps backward, then again they stop and look at the Kaaba. Then they go to the door and they keep standing as long as they possibly can. 
keep standing, standing, and when there's no chance left, one more second means they will miss their bus. Only at that point do they break themselves away from the Kaaba. Now, Salakin could be a Patanga, because Kaaba could be the Jaliyat is Zatiyat. That's why Mashaik, Ya Saluke, Marakabe Hakikate Kaaba, Yadabani, Marakabe Hakikate Quran, Marakabe Hakikate Salah. Kaan Ponchta Hajj in the spot part. Minati Nikartaka. Is Nam Santarate Mitayoke? Kamikanaki Nobatayati. No. That's the same way the lovers they pray Salah. They have to pull them out from that spotlight. Spotlight. You can imagine when they pray Salah, they're in the shower of the nur of Allah SWT. After they say Salam, they're still in the shower of the nur of Allah SWT. Only when they absolutely have to go, they go. And they love to get there early. Mark the ultimate we show up early to the masjid, we like to hang out outside, send the last couple of SMSs. Only when we absolutely have to go in, we go in. And we don't have to stay any second longer. <laughs> Not the prayer of the lovers. We have to emulate the ways of the lovers and maybe Allah Ta'ala will give us the love of the lovers. That's why Sayyidina Rasulullah taught us in hadith to make dua, Allahumma inni as'alaka humbaka wa humba man yuhibbuk. Allah Ta'ala asks you to give me love for you and love for those people who love you. So this was about Salah. Next thing to increase our quality of Salah. Maybe actually have to pray Maghrib over here because we're running very short on time now. Next thing to increase our quality of Salah is an exercise of dhikr called Muraqabah. Exercise of dhikr called Muraqabah. Muraqabah again for those of you, well, not again, but for those of you who are new, Muraqabah is that way of remembering Allah subhanahu wa where you try to forget everything else in the world and only remember Him. And you do that by focusing on His name, His ism azm ism zat and get the same tajalliyat zatiyah that you get in Salah and you get in Tawaf and in Kaaba. SubhanAllah, person does Muraqabah. So the more and more maraqaba you do, the more and more the quality of your salah will go up. Because that's the missing ingredient in our salah. We're not able to feel the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala in our heart. Our tongue is making zikr, surah fatiha, subhanahu wa ta'ala, our body is making zikr, qiyam, ruku, and sajda. It's our kalam that's not making zikr. So to get that missing ingredient in salah, we have to make practice of the zikr kalbi. And everything is getting the tajalliyat is atiyah, but our kalm is unable to feel it. So Muraqabah is also that practice. Padkuruni al-Qurqam. Allah said in Quran, remember me, I will remember you. So we will get practice feeling those tajalliyat. So then when we enter into our salah, we will be able to feel it more. So Muraqabah then is an action again. It's nafil. We do it out of love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the lovers of Allah SWT, they should love to do muraqabah. So our shaykh gave the example, like people love to eat. So you say the word to them, pulao. 
So they just hear the word Palau, they love it so much, they love to hear it. We give you the name ice cream. <laughs> Maybe you are both, mashallah. <laughs> uh, Palau wale and ice cream wale. <laughs> but it means that we should love it so much. So much that we even like to listen to its name. Then our Shaykh said that we should love it so much that we should become addicted to Muraqabah. So people ask, how much Muraqabah should I do? Kitna Muraqabah kare. So do Muraqabah so long, so long, so long that you get addicted to Muraqabah. Udhkurullaha zikran kaseera. Itna zikr karo ke zikr ka chaska na chai. Itna karna hai. Usse pehre kaam nahi banega aapka. Kyunki wo chaska asamay matlub hai. Okay, rasam nahi maksud hai. Wo chaska maksud hai. To itna hai karo jab tak chaska na mene. How far should I dig? You keep digging until you hit water. But the purpose of digging was not the shovel, not the soil, not the act of digging. The purpose of digging was to reach the water. To make Muraqabah so long that a person becomes addicted. So this is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is given by the tawfiq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And now practically, first point is the person should do Muraqabah regularly every day. Let me give you the summary. Regularity, then quantity, then quality. Regularity, then quantity, then quality. This answers the question of the Salakin. That, oh, I did Muraqabah, I didn't feel anything. You're not going to get stage three in the beginning. Regularity, then quantity, then quality. So the first thing is to be regular. So Sayyidina Rasul, why regularity? Because we're doing Muraqabah to make ourselves the beloved of Allah SWT. So Sayyidina Rasulullah said, Ahambu, Ahambu, Ahambul A'mali indallahi adwa muhawa in talla. The most beloved of nafil ibadah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the most beloved zikr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the most beloved way of doing muraqabah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is the one that you do most regularly, wa in kalla, irrespective of quantity. So it means regularity is the first priority, so it means we should try to make muraqabah regularly every day. How to get that regularity? You have to set a time every day that is convenient for you to do Muraqabah. Not going to be the same time every day. Every day may be a different time. Just like every day before you begin your day, some people on pen paper, some people in their mind, they make a to-do list. What do I have to do today? To do this at this time, this at this time, this at Every day in that planning, say I have to do Muraqabah at this time. So today I have meetings from 9 to 5, then I'll do my Muraqabah after Maghrib. Today I can go to work late, I'll do Muraqabah for half an hour before going to work. Today I've got a big meeting that ends at 1, but after that I'll be relatively free, I'll do my Muraqabah today after the work. Today I'll do my Muraqabah after Isha. Today I'll be able to do it at Fajr and at Isha. Today I can do Muraqabah before and after Asr. Today I'll do it before Dhuhr and after Isha. Every day set a time, a block. Block out some time for your Muraqabah, even if it's just a few minutes, but block it every day. 
when you block it every day and you do it, then you also get saved from one of shaitan's other tricks. Just salik, that salik who doesn't specify time for their zikr, then shaitan makes them see their unbalanced life, their juggling act. This is the second request of salikin. Oh, how do I balance? Another big question of salikin. Huh? How do I balance? So the way to balance is to take your muraqaba out of the juggling act. Do that in your proper 10, 20, 30 minutes and then keep the whole juggling act for the rest of your activities. Yes, that's the way to balance. That's the way to balance. But you know what? Some masjid challenge, inshallah. Masjid pawn challenge, inshallah. Challenge, inshallah. Let's go.